think Joe Flacco is actually a very elite quarterback. I would say absolutely he is an elite quarterback. Tom Brady has my vote for the greatest to ever lay some up. Tom Brady, greatest of all time, she got my vote. Number one man, greatest quarterback of all time, hands down, Tom Brady. I'm supposed to be a franchise player. We in here talking about practice. We talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. Welcome back to this week's episode. This is End of Regulation, if you didn't already know, where we are educating people on matters of sports and entertainment, bringing you the analysis and coverage that you both want and deserve. Quick important PSA, make sure to check us out on social media at twitsit at end of reg and at the gram at end of regulation. Make sure to be stay tuned in to what we're doing seven days a week, 24 hours a day. Now that we've covered the basis, let's go ahead and introduce tonight's crew from the East Coast to the East Coast, coming to you live from Richmond, Virginia, his new apartment, new studio, Tom Wells. How we doing, kid? Oh, yeah. Loving the news, too. Uh, I can see myself here for years to come. Let's get it going, G. Hear that. Good to hear. Good to hear. Next on the mic from the East Coast. Barrel Trust Grimes, how we doing, kid? We're doing good, boys. I, I have one question. Where in the hell is Brent Jernigan? Oh, man, I don't know. Really? I've been hearing some pretty odd stuff going down. Like, I heard he has jury duty for XX Tension's court case, or sorry, for his shooting down in Florida. I'm not 100% sure if that's accurate, but God only knows. Th- Tom, do you hear anything? Well, I mean, that's it could be his court case. I don't know what happens after you're deceased, but I know that guy was on a slew of felony charges, <laughs> so it could be either or. But actually, I heard that he converted his religion to the Amish lifestyle, and he's fully incorporated into, like, the the farming and, you know, getting as far away from technology as possible, so he's not so going to be with us. Is this potentially, is that potentially the end of Brent? I mean, I, I hope not. Grimes, you you got any updates on him? I don't know. I The last I heard is that he might have a baby mama in uh, in Miami, so he had to go check up on her. Uh, we'll see, though. Hush, we'll hush. see. There's, uh, we're getting a lot of different reports right now, so we'll, we'll have to check in make, on Brent Make later. sure to stay stay posted next week and next week's episode. <clears throat> we'll keep you posted on Twitter. Uh, a lot of stories coming out, so we'll, we'll figure it out. But let's just go over tonight's agenda. We'll obviously do a little bit quick banter on top of what we've just already entertained you with. We'll talk about the uh, World Cup, a little bit of ML Boy, the accolades that were handed out last night at the NBA Awards, and lastly, some buzzer beaters to set you guys off. Uh, so let's just get straight into it. Um, as far as the banter goes, I think the best way to kick it off would be Janoris Jenkins uh, has just made headlines on pretty much every form of social media and news outlet. Uh, for those of you who don't know, he's a cornerback for cornerback, not quarter, for the New York Giants. Uh, a dead body was found in his home in Fairlawn, New Jersey. So, Grimes' neck of the woods. Uh, yep. A member of Jenkins' staff found the body, called it in, and now this is what we're kind of faced with right now is the investigation and, and kind of what's going on. So, would love to hear from you guys. Yeah, uh, I was keeping pretty close tabs on this. This is uh, there's really not too many details that have come out yet. Um, apparently, this guy was a friend of the family and was staying at 
Jenkins' house while he was out of town in Flor- uh, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Um, pretty crazy stuff. Uh, there's interesting stuff coming coming out about uh, Janoris's brother who was trying to fly from Newark to Fort Lauderdale. I believe it was last night and caused a four-hour delay in the airport um, because he apparently was freaking out about flying. And apparently, I, I don't know if he's got some fear of, of flying, but uh, caused a four-hour delay and ultimately got off the plane and did not fly to Florida. Uh, crazy stuff, though, man. If, if this... If Janoris gets tied into this, which is very, you know, it's hard, it's hard to say that it's not likely. So let's just, let's just call it like it is. And it's probably pretty likely that he'll get dragged into this as some sort of suspect. Uh, that's bad news bears for the New York Giants uh, and for the NFL for that matter. Because that would be another, another uh, potential murder case on their hands uh, not too long after Aaron Hernandez. And fun fact, Janoris Jenkins and Aaron Hernandez went to the same college, uh, the University of Florida. So, uh crazy stuff man Dude, from from an outside perspective from what what you've kind of told me off the mic and on the mic between the uh investigation already kind of showing that there were either strangulation or uh, afis- all right bring that back <laughs> i'm so baked all right Idiot. uh yeah, so kind of uh, back to what you're saying Harrison about all of the stuff that you've brought into uh into fruition about the strangulation and the brother freaking out from an outside perspective it almost seems like the brother may have potentially been involved in uh, the murder or somehow involved and is fleeing and had a panic attack uh before he even got to fort lauderdale and and this is like now where we are kind of sitting with all this news so it's kind of mind-blowing yeah i mean yeah. I, I didn't even know that shit about his brother but like as a you know, trying to keep it innocent until proven guilty. Like, it's not a good look that it all happened in his house. But, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that this was just, like, some sort of freak incident, which is unfortunate, but, like, it's still the the better option of, like, you know, tying in a professional player into this or, you know, just a, a murder in general is horrible. Um, but, like, kind of like what Grimes hit on, like, this is just not a good look for the NFL, especially for the Giants, like, Taking it from a Patriots fan, like, I'm, I, you know, week in and week out, you still hear some story about, like, oh, the Patriots did this, the Patriots have this judgment of players, and, like, I just don't want to see that continue to shine on the NFL in general, um, aside of everything else going on in the NFL right now. Um, just, sorry, go ahead, Grimes. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, like, you know, as far as how how impactful this is towards the NFL, man. You better believe the, the CTE players, you know, and, and all that, all that kind of the, uh, I don't know if you want to call them liberal fans or liberal media are going to come out of the woodworks for this. You know, if I, I don't think Janoris is involved per se, um, but, you know, this brings in the whole, like, what's, you know, what's the mental state of NFL players that are unstable, they act irrationally, but, um, yeah, man, it, It'd be, it's really fucked up if, excuse my French, if the Giants lose their best corner and then Eli Apple's got to be our starting corner for the next season. Um, but that's just me being kind of selfish as a Giants fan. But, you know, there's going to be a lot of stuff coming out in the next couple of days. So uh, we'll definitely try to keep everyone up to date with what we're hearing uh, on the Twitter sphere, um, as well as any reports that come out of uh, other news outlets. Yeah, I mean, obviously, thoughts and prayers go out to the families involved. Um, you know, we'll obviously, like Harrison said, keep you posted. Everything is still speculation. It's still early. 
Um, but kind of want to tie in our next segment to what we had mentioned previously, which was CTE. Um, little story that has kind of recirculated back in the media recently is this kid, Tyler Holinsky. Uh, I believe I'm saying that right. Uh, he was a quarterback at a Washington State who committed suicide in 2017. Um, basically, reports have come out that he had the brain of a 65-year-old, and this is kind of this, and I think a, a series of events have been linked to the ultimate uh, you know, untimely death uh, of Tyler. So, you know, it's something that is continuously brought up in the NFL and kind of swept under the rug and now I think for the first time it's it's kind of broken through and people are accepting it and it's it's a serious thing and so I think we're you know unfortunately going to see a little bit more of this until until the NFL kind of takes some kind of actions to you know hopefully prevent this yeah and yeah. I think I, I don't know if did you see about Brett Favre I did he's something about he's trying to uh prevent you know conduct amongst uh like minor league or, or not yeah yeah league, so it's a, yeah essentially just he just wants to get rid of, of youth tackle football because i think a yeah. lot of i think a lot of these problems with cte come from it's obviously you know it's not to say that someone who doesn't start football till high school or college can't get cte but a lot of it is like when your brain's developing you shouldn't be taking repeated hits to the head because um, yeah, that's just sure. not that's just not going to have a long-term a good long-term effect um so i you know this is a lot of people are going to jump on that bandwagon i, I kind of i didn't play football growing up uh but i kind of want to jump on that bandwagon too it's like why have six-year-olds through 10-year-olds or whatever the age group is why have them you know hitting each other even if it's like low impact like kind of stuff it still is going to affect their brains it is crazy i mean growing up having played hockey i also didn't play football but I mean, even up till a certain age in in hockey, there's no con, you know, there's no yeah. contact up until you're like um, twelve or thirteen. And obviously, there hasn't been as much studies that have come into fruition about the NHL uh, and, and links to CTE. But I think there is just far less uh, malicious head-to-head contact, uh, and so you'll you'll see kind of less cases there. But um, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I. I you know, there's studies that have come out that, that water skiing and uh, jet skiing and water sports have been linked to CTE because unlike a bike, they don't have shocks, so there's no give. Um, so, I, you know, I think there's going to be a bunch of stories that come out that say, you know, this, this, and this have all been linked to CTE. But I think football, you know, is clear that it, <laughs> yeah. it, needs, to, it needs to change somewhere. Yeah, I mean... I guess growing up, like playing football, it, it it sort of starts with the coaching, where like it's an in- inevitable part of the game, where like you're gonna have head-to-head hits. It's something that you, I think, people need to be more aware about when you know starting to play, and it really starts with like coaching and like developing the right form and like you know the the right way to play the game, like not leading with your head and you know mm-hmm. the the right form. It's not gonna it's not gonna save and prevent these things from happening, but it can certainly prevent to an extent, like the degree of, you know, traumatic head injury, especially like you said, when you're, when your brain is still developing and growing up, I think that's going to be something you're going to see a switch in youth football, even, you know, more towards like flag football as youth. And even in like the high school level, um, you know, you know, it's, it's going to be a, a coaching thing and, uh, you know, a, a cultural thing in football, so to speak of like the right way versus the wrong way to do things. Yeah. 
well, we'll see how everything plays out on on kind of both fronts. There's still obviously that uh, a lot that will come into into the limelight over the next couple yeah. of months. So kind of a kind of a uh, dark in, kind of a dark week for uh, the NFL so far. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> yeah, it's only it's only uh, Tuesday let, too. Let's 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 move transition on to a, transition a to a more segment. light note and and uh, still under the category of football. Uh, but not necessarily American football. The 2018 FIFA World Cup has kicked off. Uh, it's been electric. Loved watching every minute of it. Um, to kind of give you guys a uh, quick loop into what's going on, round 16 is starting to basically map out. Even after this comes out, uh, it'll still have been continuously building out. But Uruguay and Portugal will be playing each other. France and Argentina, Spain and Russia, Croatia and Denmark. Uh, mm-hmm. are are kind of right now the ones that are going to be going towards round 16. Um, obviously still a bunch of matches to be played, but kind of want to hear your guys' thoughts on what we've seen so far. Uh, the Argentina game today versus Nigeria and, and Croatia and Iceland and everything we've seen. Yeah, I, I, can, I, I watched uh, the Argentina game today. They, so now... Now that we're all at the kind of the last games of the group stage, uh, they actually have the games going at the same time so that it avoids um, a team knowing what it has to do to advance or what a team, you know what I mean? Or like, so that way, like if Germany's through or in this case, let's say uh, France was through no matter what, you know, that way they didn't sit everyone and pretty much throw the game so that they can knock out a team that probably should make it into the next round. So it's really smart how they do it. It kind of sucks because it, it makes it tough to, to watch all the games. Um, but I watched Argentina-Nigeria because A, it was probably the best game of, of the day. Um, and it's also just, it had a lot of implications because uh, I think a lot of people wanted to see Nigeria make it through to the round of 16. They're a lot of fun to watch. Uh, incredibly fast. They've got great swag. Um, but... Uh, Lionel Messi finally came through with a goal. He put uh, Argentina up one nothing early in the first half. I believe it was like the 13th minute. Uh, and then the game kind of hit a stalemate for a while. And then second half came out. Uh, Messi had another very close uh, free kick that went off the post. It actually hit the fingertips of the Nigerian keeper. Um, yeah. And then... Incredible. It, it was unbelievable save. Uh, literally could not have hit like less of his hand uh, just just enough to keep it out um, and then ultimately Nigeria got a penalty kick uh, Victor Moses put that one away to get it to 1-1 and then in the 86th minute uh, Marcus Rojo uh, in the box fin- had, a, had a pretty nice finish uh, kind of the unlikely hero of the game to make it 2-1 um, you know tough to see Nigeria get knocked uh, the only other way that Niger- that Argentina would have stayed out is if Iceland had beaten Croatia by more goals than Argentina beat Nigeria, but that just wasn't going to happen because Croatia looks like honestly one of the best teams in the tournament thus far. Uh, so right, you know, there we go. Group, I believe it's Group D. We got Argentina and and uh, Croatia coming out of there. Um, any other thoughts? Anyone else get get to check out some of the games today? Yeah, I mean, uh, I watched a bit of the, the Croatia-Iceland game, not to the full extent uh, that, that you were able to watch the games. Um, I was kind of poking in uh, here and there into the kind of common area in the office and checking it out, but was keeping up to date on my phone. Honestly, I really was focusing on, on this Argentina game. I, I think people are saying, oh, you know, finally somebody besides Messi is carrying the team on their back, and, and while I think that's true for a majority of the time, it hasn't really been true in this World Cup. I don't yeah. think this is his this is his first goal. 
uh, he missed his, you know, that penalty kick in, I think, the second game he played. And so I think uh, what it really comes down to for me right now in the current state is that I'm bummed that Nigeria kind of got the shaft here. Um, I think these guys came to play, um, not only on but off the field with their swag like you highlighted. And mm-hmm. so it, it's a bummer to, to kind of see them go down. Um, but, you know, shit, it, it, that's sports and it's going to happen. So um, on to round 16 and hopefully we'll continue to see some good matchups. I know um, tomorrow we've got Korea and Germany. Uh, or sorry, I should say Wednesday, June 27th at 10 a.m. We have Korea and Germany, um, Mexico and Sweden. And then at 2 p.m. we have Serbia and Brazil uh, and Switzerland versus Croatia. So uh will be some, some really entertaining football to watch. This will really determine, obviously, how the rest of this bracket plays out. Um, Tom, any thoughts on kind of what you've seen or heard and kept in the loop with this year's FIFA? Or, sorry, yeah. 2018 World FIFA Cup? Uh, so kind of what Grimes hit on quickly, just, uh, Croatia, they've been my sort of dark horse pick from the beginning, um, which I know we didn't get it out, but it was a random, uh, FIFA selection where I just hopped on and said, yeah, Croatia, this is my squad. They're going to win it. So I'm riding them. But, uh, more importantly, if you guys caught the games yesterday to the Portugal and Spain, uh, finishes in their games, both games were kind of, uh left up to decision from instant replay review mm-hmm. and both games um you know after you know it was like the 92nd and 96th minute of each game um yeah. were rewarded like last minute goals um and reviewed by you know instant replay which as far as i'm concerned is like the first time in fifa world cup history where like yeah. you know instant replay has been a thing um and it sort of set the stage for these you know the next knockout stage where if they might not have had instant replay, Portugal might have won that group rather than Spain. Um, and I, I think moving forward, when you look at these new matchups where Spain drew Russia uh, and Portugal's playing, uh, at least in my opinion, a much more, you know, a much better team in Uruguay who won that yeah. division, um, it, you know, it, it could have massive, you know, ramifications for the next round. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see where instant replay goes because you see it much a lot you know it's a big topic in the nfl it's a big topic in the nba it's even made its way to mlb um mm-hmm. and now it's making its way into soccer so i thought that was really interesting just from a technology standpoint of how it sort of integrated itself into the world cup this year yeah that's yeah. that's a great that's a great point dude i think i mean i think at the end of the day they're still working out the kinks of how they want to implement it best but I think you're right. I mean, it's it's played a huge factor in a lot of games, and we'll play we'll continue to play a huge factor in the games leading up to the the round of sixteen. Um, but I I, I kind of like it though, man. Like you know, it leaves no doubt in the fans' mind, in the viewers' mind, and in the players' mind that the ref got the right call because it's much I'd much prefer a handball to be called correctly in the box than for it to be called incorrectly and then the team has nothing they can do about it, you know? So in, yeah. in that case, and, and I think that goes for all sports, um, you know, it's such a fast-paced sport, uh, soccer that is, and it's a, it's a very free-flowing sport that you want to make sure that they get the right call on the field um, because it, it does, you know, especially for a big tournament like this where, you know, the entire world's watching, you know, you want to make sure everything's right. called right and called correctly. So I'm a big fan of it. I think they're still got to work out the kinks on how to, like, you know, I think they should almost have 
someone in the in the ref's ear, kind of giving him the call a little bit more quickly than him having to run over to the sideline, check it out himself, and make a call. Like have someone who's like a, you know in NHL they call up to Toronto, right? Mm-hmm. Have it some some you know similar to that where they don't have to you know halt the game for too long because it is a game that uh, predicates itself on not like no stoppage you know no stoppage of play until half and then you know then kick off the second half so uh but it's it's been interesting to to see how it's been implemented yeah i mean i'm excited to continue to see how things play out still early uh next week we will kind of have a full perspective on round 16 for you guys make sure to stay tuned because we'll have a special guest he will be coming on I'll keep it a secret for now so that Brent can do a full introduction for you guys uh, if he ever comes back from wherever the hell he is. Um, if not, we might just have this special guest take his place. <clears throat> so uh, with that being said, I think that's great discussion about the World Cup. Um, still a lot of good stuff to see. Like we said, we had a great discussion about instant replay um, and all these teams that have kind of made these advances that we uh, don't particularly see as any kind of agreements with so on to the MLB here we've got a special night for you Tom's got a serious lasagna power five rundown um, so we'll let him kick off yeah so I think uh, we're about halfway through the season now the all-star breaks coming up next week uh, and I don't think there's any doubt in anybody's mind that the Houston Astros are the best team right now in baseball um, after a slow start which is sort of been characteristic of them over the last couple of years. Um, they have the best hitter in Jose Altuve. You guys might know him as the reigning AL MVP. Is Mike Trout something. not the best hitter? Uh, I mean, there's there, there's debate there. Um, <laughs> by the by the numbers, Altuve leads he's, baseball he's good. He's with good. a three forty five average. Yeah, I mean, Mike Trout is good at hitting baseballs. I know you might have uh, you might have seen our post this week, um, Gardner threw it up comparing you know Mike Trout to Babe Ruth and Barry Bonds um, and he's statistically on track to have the the best season ever um, but well we'll refrain from that right now until we get closer to the season mm-hmm. um, but aside from Altuve I mean the Astros have Altuve they got Carlos Correa they got Alex Bregman like they're just they're just fucking loaded um, offensively and if you look at their bullpen they have Justin Verlander, who leads all of baseball with a 1-6 ERA. They have Garrett Cole, who's third in total strikeouts. Verlander's fifth in strikeouts. They're 9-1 their last 10 games. And over it seemed like over the last three weeks or so, they just took over the AL West from Seattle. And I think they're up like three or four games right now on Seattle, which is just nasty stuff. And, you know, bearing injury, I think the the AL pennant is still going to go through Houston, um, which which pains me to say as a Red Sox fan, because I got the Red Sox here too, um, who have the, you know, right now they're tied. The, the Astros, the Red Sox, and the Yankees all have essentially the same record. Um, but I'm putting the Red Sox a little ahead. Just despite all of their injuries, the Red Sox offense has seemed to be like, you know, just it's starting to click. Um, but they're they're starting to finally light it up. Tonight it's it's currently it's eight one. We have five solo home runs tonight. Like, come on. Like how how are you gonna do that? Mookie, my homie, 
is second in batting average behind Jose Altuve. Um, and I know Giancarlo Stanton was a big free agent signing, but this other guy, J.D. Martinez. Oh, my God. The, the sort of plan B. Yeah, give me give me all the Tom, oh my do you gods. Need, do, you need to cha- do you need to no, change your I'm, underwear before we continue? I'm saying oh, my God, because you, you say that exact same line every time you bring up J.D. Martinez. I know. I just I just want you guys to know because right now JD Martinez is leading baseball with twenty four home runs. He's fourth in batting average. He's hitting three twenty five, and he leads all of baseball with sixty two RBIs. So I know I know Giancarlo is, you know, who big contract guy, reigning NL MVP. All I'm saying is that J.D. Martinez is better. Um, and the numbers prove it. The numbers prove it. Um, that's not biased. That's just facts. Harry, um, why don't you go ahead and talk to us about the Yankees before Tom continues to go on a 45-minute Yeah, game. Yeah, seriously. Honestly, Tom. I'm going to start calling I, him Tom, Tom no-bias lasagna. Um, <laughs> yeah, so the Tom, Tom put the Yankees at number three. That's a very uh, debatable uh, selection between the, the, the two and three spot. I'll... I'll let the Astros hold at, at one, even though the Yankees. I'm pretty sure they're they're uh, this season are like six and two against the Astros. But you know, n- never mind, never mind stats, right? Um, numbers, numbers, just numbers. just they're just numbers because you know they've yeah. got Springer and Altuve and you know Bregman. Um, but yeah, the Yankees uh, have a lower uh, team ERA than the Red Sox. They've got a three four seven. Boston's got a three five two. You know, offensively, everything seems to be going well. We're dealing with a little bit of an injury bug. Gary Sanchez is out three to four weeks with a with a groin mm. sprain. Uh, Masahiro Tanaka has been out for the past three or four weeks with two hamstring pulls. Uh, thanks National League for making our pitchers hit. Love that. Um, but uh, once we get over the injury bug, I, I like where we're at. Uh, we've got these two young pitchers that are kind of experiments who have been paying off incredibly well and. In, uh, Domingo, Jermaine, uh, and uh, Lasagna, that's what everyone's calling him. The guy's last name, I think, is <laughs> Loisiaga. Uh, but he just went he just went seven innings, zero earned uh, his last outing. So he's been pitching uh, incredibly well, kind of just, just showing to the depth that the Yankees have right now. Um, honestly, I think the, the weak spot in the Yankees rotation is Sonny Gray, who came over from the Athletics last season, and he's kind of just struggled – uh, yeah. start in and start out to, to hold people from getting, you know, getting runs. Um, so, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with him. I, I would love to see him, if, to see them slide him down the, the starting rotation uh, and, and see how that pans out for them and maybe bring up lasagna a little bit, a few spots in the rotation um, since he's just been pitching well. I mean, give credit where credit's due. Um, so, you know, the Yankees, they face Philly this week before heading uh, for a, a weekend series versus Boston. That, that series is going to have major implications into how, this, how the, the division will pan out going into All-Star Week. Um, so we'll see. You know, the Yankees, you know, I don't know. I, I guess J.D. Martinez has a lot of home runs. He's got 24. But at the end of the day, the Yankees lead the, ho- lead the league in homers at 124. So uh, I'm okay. I'm okay right now. You know, the Yankees look good. Offensively, they're clicking. Defensively, they're playing well. So, uh, I don't know about your your two three spot on these power rankings, Tom. So the the one thing I wanted to mention you you mentioned uh, Tanaka hitting in the you know interleague games. Did you guys see Dylan Batantis's at bat the other night? I actually did <laughs> not. I heard about it though. 
He was he was up there swinging the bat around like Gary Sheffield style, trying to be all intimidating, and he just had three three fastballs just blown by him. Blown and by. I, I just caught that this this afternoon. As as like embarrassing as it was watching him trying to hit this, like I gotta respect the guy a little bit for going up there and trying <laughs> trying to intimidate the pitcher. Um, Dude, so he, he was you know, he was he was he was fitting to rip the fucking skin off that baseball. Like oh, he, yeah. he was making it he was making his objective to put it like as far out of the stadium as possible. He's a pretty he's an intimidating hitter. I mean the guy's huge, first of all, so I mean you gotta do what you gotta do. I, I respect it, man. And apparently tonight, uh Severino is pitching. Um also kind of forgot to mention him in my little speech there. Severino probably a top I don't know, five pitcher in the league right now. Hard to argue def- that. Definitely in Cy Young candidate. Yeah, he's he's, he's definitely in the Cy Young. He'll be in the Cy Young talks as long as he Cole. Yeah, um, well, but he so uh, Severino went up and tried to and did his batting stance, uh, imitating Giancarlo. So maybe this is just something going on in, in the in the uh, in the he, bullpen. Uh, They're kind of just jokes. Did he stand ninety degrees to the pitcher's box like Giancarlo does? Yeah, he pretty much had his he pretty much had his dick in the catcher's face. <laughs> <laughs> well. well uh, Speaking of Cy Young candidates, I know Corey Kluber has been lighting it up. And Gardner, you got something to say about the Indians? Yeah, man, Corey Kluber um, has been lighting it up. Uh, he leads baseball right now with 11 wins, the second in the AL uh, with a 2.1 EAL, uh, ERA. Sorry. Um, thing about Cleveland, uh, I agree with you having them at four, but you make a valid point about their division just sucking ass. Um, that's just kind of the bottom line. They've had seven straight wins, uh, including a consecutive sweep, uh, series sweep against their rivals, Chicago White Sox and the Detroit Tigers. So they've got that going for them. The momentum's there. Um, but I think it all kind of circles back to what you said. They've got an uphill battle as they approach the end of the season uh, with a bunch of stiffer competition in, in these other divisions. Um, you know, by no means am I writing them out or any of us writing them off, but when it comes down to it, they can blow past their competition. I mean, they're men amongst the, you know, division of boys right now. So it'll be interesting to see how it fares out for them uh, as we approach playoff season. Um, but yeah, I, I think it'll be really interesting to see kind of where these guys sit in your power five in, you know, two to three weeks. No, yeah, I mean, like you said, they're uh, they're a star-studded team. Um, Jose Ramirez is currently tied with Mike Trout in second for with twenty-three homers. Um, like that, you said they got Kluber, they have Trevor Bauer, uh, who is quietly dominating teams. He's just a, a great, you know, solid lefty to watch. Lindor um, having a standout season. Yeah, dude. Francisco Lindor, arguably the most swagger in all of baseball. The guy just, like, he just looks like a baseball player. He's so smooth with his glove. Um, and you, you, you saw this two years ago um, when they won the World Series. They were sort of the the the, the team counted out um, in the AL, and they ended up fucking going all the way and just, you know, Come up a little short there, but I, I I wouldn't count Cleveland out yet. But uh, I guess just lastly to sum up the top five here, we got to throw a little NL action in. And my fifth team is the Moroc- Milwaukee Brewers. Morocco, um, the Moroccan Brewers. <laughs> um, 
So, I mean, here we are on the June 26th, and they leave the NL Central, um, who have the fucking Chicago Cubs in it, who beat the Cleveland Indians two years ago, um, and are just star-studded. But they're leading the NL um, in, you know, they have the best record in the National League at 45-32, and 32, uh, with a two-game lead over the Cubs. And we said this sort of at our MLB preview episode, where, you know, they were a dark horse, um, they had a solid lineup, but we weren't sure about their pitching. And when you look at the numbers so far, their pitching has actually been their their bright spot on this team. They their their staff ranks fifth in baseball with a three forty seven ERA, and they're second in quality starts, only behind the Astros. Um, and for those who may not be as you know caught up on stats, a quality start is uh, six innings, at least six innings pitched um, with a team win. Which is a pretty pretty big testament for this team, um, considering their pitching staff is composed of a bunch of essentially a bunch of no names, uh, you know, low payroll guys who are, you know, they're, you know, they're decent pitchers, but they don't stand out. There's no one guy that's going to be an ace or an all star, um, but they're they've been great, and you know we we thought their offense was going to be great, but they're sort of middle of the pack in average run scored and home runs. They sit between 15th and 18th. So we'll see what happens with the Brewers. We'll see what happens. Um, I think they're, they'd probably it'd be in their best interest to go after Bat. Um, one name I think you should probably keep an eye out for is Adrian Beltre. I think he's going to be probably the biggest uh, free agent Bat. Or not free agent. Isn't he, uh, isn't he like 45? Yeah, but he still rakes. Um, he, he's you know a, a walking Hall of Famer, so to speak. Um, he is. You he know, is. maybe he's coming maybe it's up time on, for the Hall of Fame. He's had three thousand hits. Like I'm telling you right now, Adrian Beltar will be dealt at the deadline. Um, I would love, I would love to see Manny Machado go to Milwaukee, uh, just because he is he's probably the best offensive free agent right now. But. Uh, We'll see what happens there. Yeah, I don't know if that'll happen, dude. He's too big of a name to go to a, to go to a small market team like like Milwaukee. Yeah, but I mean, he's I mean, they sure he's they, just, they obviously have the he's cat. He's just a but... rental this year. He's just a rental. That's a thing. Like, they're yeah, the that's fair. the Orioles are the fucking worst team in baseball. Um, which which brings me to another kind of uh, tangent point here. Uh, tanking in baseball seems to be a thing this year. Where you have the fucking the the or the Orioles are just the worst team in baseball. That's a that's a stat. Uh, worst record. You have the Royals. You got the White Sox, the Reds. Uh, I mean, the list just fucking goes on and on. And it's honestly like pitiful. Like I I sort of understand it a little bit in the NBA or the NFL. You're you're pushing for that pick, but when you look at the MLB draft, there's 44 fucking rounds in the MLB draft. Like you mm-hmm. can't tell me. That you're gearing up to get a first round pick, you're gonna draft a fucking a 16 year old Dominican kid, and in seven years he's gonna pay off. Like, it's it's just kind of embarrassing. It's it's the sore spot right now in the game of baseball uh, because I you know you just hate to see it, and it, it, it I just feel bad for the fan bases for these teams that are purposely just blowing games. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what fan base I do feel bad for. Is Cleveland's? Uh, 
and I'm not talking specifically about the Indians, but more so the Cavaliers. I think this is a perfect segment into our NBA discussion. Uh, last night, James Harden received this season's MVP trophy, uh, and it has kind of sparked outrage on Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook, every kind of forum you can fucking think of, uh, because the ultimate question, you know, Harden versus James, and, and was it deserved? So, would love to hear from you guys. W- what are your thoughts? Tommy, want to go first? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it just solely comes down to the beard game, um, and James Harden had the best beard out of Better all beard. MVP candidates. Um, and, you know, the, the beard slash man bun is in this year, and so, you know, beard-wise, I'd have to go Harden. Um, but I, I, I think more so it's just, uh, it's, it's, it's just the NBA trying to be like, look, we can't, we can't give it to LeBron every year because when you look that's at fuck, what LeBron did this up, year, yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, the guy should have how long, how many years has he played? 15. He should have 15 yeah. MVP awards. Yeah. But I mean, I, I understand why they're doing it. Harden's, you know, offensive numbers are great. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it sucks when you're LeBron. I actually, I actually heard that LeBron caught wind early that Harden was going to get the award and that's why LeBron didn't go to the award ceremony, uh, last night. I think that's also a bullshit move. I, I agree with Harrison in the sense that if you look at statistics this season, he outplayed Harden in pretty much every degree. Uh, with the exception of of a few uh, statistics, but and beard length, beard length beard being length. the primary statistic. Correct, but don't don't pull that shit. You know, for somebody who prides himself on off of like sportsmanship and and so much pride for a city, don't skip out because you hear you catch wind that that Harden's gonna you know cop the MVP this season. I think that's just horseshit, and I, and it just kind of further makes me. It just further adds kerosene to a fire of hatred for LeBron James. Like, I, I, I totally agree that this guy deserved the MVP this season. Not my argument. But for him to pull shit and shenanigans like that, <laughs> you suck. <laughs> stinky, stinky, yeah. stinky. Yeah. Yeah, he's just hurt. He's he's just a little butt hurt. It happens. He should have won MVP, yeah. but that's just that's my well, own. That's, you know. NBA, the NBA sucks as a whole, so of course they're going to give people it to a guy who probably doesn't deserve to, it. People will continue to argue about it, but it's 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 just a full circle, you know. It's the continuous like, oh, the Golden State Warriors are too good for the rest of the NBA. LeBron's too good for the rest of the NBA. So it's 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 a crock of shit. So. Dude, this isn't like this isn't like you know like little league fucking basketball. You know, there's no participation awards. Like, don't give someone. A, a, an award just because you feel like he kind of deserves it yeah. because he's like yeah. kind of consistently been a good player it's like LeBron did more with less his stats speak from themselves he had 18 triple doubles it's like what more do you want the guy to do to earn MVP yeah I mean uh, James Harden and the Rockets have built up or are building up you know a potential championship team whereas LeBron has continuously been Dragging own, ass, yeah. you know, carrying the entirety of the Cavaliers franchise, and you know, yeah. I, I agree to be handing out like you know, it's it's a snowflake generation. It's like, oh, you tried hard. Here you go. Yeah. No. Well, no. Dude, well, I, I agree, well. but I will say that uh, 
Uh, LeBron said he's going to announce where he's going before July 4th. I'm sure the ESPNs of the world will cover that so much that I'm going to want to literally throw a my computer, my TV into the into the garbage disposal, something. I'm going to take a hammer to it. I don't know. But, yeah, so everyone should stay on the lookout for that, I guess. No, yeah, I mean, I, I, I just can't wait for NBA free agency to be over with and more, and more so just LeBron's decision part three to be over with. Um, what's scary is that I think the Houston Rockets are probably the front runners, and if you get LeBron, Harden, and CP3 on the same team, that is that's going to be some scary shit. Um, I guess a, a, aside from that, I think Plan B might be Philadelphia, who has like come out and said they're going to exercise you know all options and remove and you know kind of cut the fat around their roster. Cough, cough. JJ Reddick's twenty-two million dollar a year contract <laughs> uh, to sign a supermax contract in LeBron James. But um, on that Philly note, Gardner, I know you had a couple thoughts on the Rookie of the Year candidate who happened to be Ben Simmons this year. Yeah, man, I uh, I think this is no surprise. We talked pretty heavily about this. I know we went back and forth with um, Mitchell and Simmons here about who was going to end up being. The rookie of the year. Um, I don't know if you guys caught wind of that Instagram post uh, that Mitchell threw up of the van that he that he arrived in uh, to the awards yeah. that had yeah. a rookie with a question mark on the side of it. Love um, it. You know, it's great. You know, it's playful fun. I, I fucking love that. Um, I, I, you know, I agree 100% that, you know, Ben Simmons deserved this. I, obviously, there are some other candidates that – we're up there as well, but again, this isn't something where you know it's a it's a Harden, uh, LeBron James scenario where the statistics are like there's an astronomical difference. Um, you know, I think Ben Simmons really stood out and and showed what he could do on the 76ers and and how far he could bring them this season. So, well deserved uh, thoughts from you guys. Uh, yeah, he got beat by the Celtics in five, so fuck him. Well aware of that. That's all I, that's all I have that. to say about him. Donovan Mitchell should have won. Frankly, Jason Tatum should have won for that fucking donkey threw down on LeBron in Game Seven. Well, Jay Tatum. Uh, in in other news, a uh, couple things that we've caught wind of on the LeBron James note. I heard that there's potential rumors that the Lakers might potentially be parting ways with the Ball family to make some room for LeBron. I don't know how much truth there is. They've also spoken pretty heavily about Leonard. Uh, so, again, all speculation. And then Clippers go ahead and send Austin Rivers to the Washington Wizards uh, and acquire Gortat. So, um, pretty interesting stuff. Like Tom said, as we continue to get closer to the end of this deadline, we'll see some pretty cool stuff come to fruition. Um, but uh, if you guys have no further thoughts, we can wrap up the NBA segment. Yeah, nothing from me nope good good stuff all right well uh to wrap up the night we'll just go ahead and have you guys throw up some buzzer beaters uh anything from you guys uh one quick one that i disagree with um oxford university just came out this study that uh pretty much said that we that humans are the only um intelligent life form in the universe 
or there's no other humans in, within the universe, certainly without, not within the Milky, uh, Milky Way galaxy, I just want to tell them to shut up and stick their <laughs> business, you know, stick, stay in your lane because aliens are out there, bro. They're definitely out there. Have That's you ever a topic seen for, signs? Have you ever seen Seriously. signs? No. They must have not seen signs because there were aliens in there and they were real. Um, but I thought it was kind of interesting. It contradicts your whole study. Yeah, exactly. Like all they had to do was watch one movie, and they would have been like, "Oh shit! Oh shit! There are aliens. Fucking exist. They're, they're here. They're, they were here in 2001 with Mel Gibson. It was crazy. Um, that's it, though. I thought it was kind of interesting. Lasagna. Anything from you, kid? Uh, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to all our listeners. Um, keep DMing us and you know messaging us with your fungi shirts. I'm trying to keep up. I got a wardrobe all summer. Of fun guy shirts, so I'm gonna keep posting them. But uh, you know, we want to see a little feedback from the fans. Send us your best fun guy shirt. Uh, you know, we'll throw you a little promo, a little post, and uh, you know, see who's got the best one. Good stuff, good stuff. Make sure to keep in touch with our social media, like we said. Um, I got some really crazy news that came to my lap uh, while listening to Joe Rogan's podcast. If you haven't listened to it, Joe Rogan's uh, experience. Make sure to check it out. Um, he does some really crunchy, nutty, hippie stuff every once in a while, but he does have some solid content. But the one I was listening to, scientists have developed uh, basically a light that emits uh, rays that allow for humans to naturally access their third eye, which releases natural DMT, what we use when we you know dream and sleep. Um, it's $5,000, so start saving up now. You mm -hmm. basically install it in your house. You lay under it, uh, and it allows for you to experience everything that you would experience, you know, if you were awake dreaming, um, or if you've ever smoked DMT. You know exactly, you know, what I'm talking about here. So, um, really crazy stuff. Uh, you know, I'll keep you guys posted on that. See uh, where it goes. I don't know if uh, they've got too many investors, but <laughs> Gardner, aren't you starting a Gardner? Aren't you starting a crowdfunding to uh, purchase one? Yeah, yeah, uh, crowdfunding to purchase one. I'm really thinking that it will allow for me to uh, just excel as an artist. Uh, my <laughs> painting has gotten really serious recently. Um, I've been mainly doing landscapes, but I'm thinking to uh, switch over to nudes. The human body is just beautiful. So, Human um, body nudes? Male nudes? I'll, be, nudes, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll volunteer myself for the next painting. <laughs> Good time. Well, somebody who did do drugs and, and love drugs pretty heavily uh, is going to be our closing out segment here and who's going to play us out tonight. Uh, on this day in music history, Elvis Presley uh, sung in Indianapolis. It actually was his last performance before he croaked uh, R.I.P. Guy was an absolute legend and did extraordinary things for the music industry. Um, loved Quaaludes. There are a bunch of documentaries. Uh, if you haven't seen them, you should check them out. He was on a pretty heavy regiment, so um, good on him for living as long as he did. Uh, but we will uh, we'll play you out something special tonight from Elvis. Ladies and gentlemen, good night. Peace. Peace. Good night. It's one for the money, two for the show. Three to get ready and I go, can't go, but don't you step on my blue suede shoe. Well, you can do anything but stay over my blue suede shoe. Well, you can knock me down, step in my face Slander my name all over the place Well, do anything that you want to do But not, uh, honey, lay off them shoes And don't you step on my blue suede shoes 
Well, you can do anything but take me over my blue suede shoes. Let's go, Cat. Steal my car, drink my liquor from an old fruit jar. We'll do anything that you wanna do. But uh, uh, honey, lay off of my shoes and don't you step on my blue suede shoes. Well, you can do anything but stay over my blue suede shoes. Rock it! The show three to get ready now. Go, 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 but don't you step on my blue suede shoes. Well, you can do anything but the day for my blue suede shoes. Well, it's blue, blue, blue suede shoes. Blue, blue, blue suede shoes. Yeah, blue, blue, blue suede shoes, baby. Blue, blue, blue suede shoes. Well, you can do anything but they hold for my blue suede shoes. 